Grab a seat. All right. Amen. Welcome, everybody, once again to Life Church. I want to thank you so much for coming this morning, for being a part of our service. All those who are joining us online, thank you for tuning in. Um, and we are so grateful uh, to be able to, to serve the Lord in this way, as a body of Christ, as the family of God. And uh, we're so grateful for all of you today. And this morning, I'm going to be speaking to you on the subject of Jesus in my joy. Now, I just had this vision in my mind. I used to speak to young people a lot, and when I would speak to young people, it was really important that you get people to interact with you so that they would pay attention to when you're speaking. So we're going to do something that I would have done with a youth group, and I want you all to do it and, and, just, uh, and just show them how this would be done, okay? So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to say, Jesus in my joy, and I want you all to go, I bring joy right away? It works, right? Okay, ready? Jesus in my joy. Not bad. Not bad. Good job, you guys. Jesus in my joy. We're continuing our series on Jesus in my everything, and we're asking the question, what does it mean to have the resurrected Christ living in me, and how does this truth impact my joy? For those of you who have been with us throughout the series, I'd like to read our passage that is our text for the series, and then we're going to dive into the text for today. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, it's going to be verse 5 through 11. We're going to read a lot of scripture because we need the word of God. Amen? Amen. And by the way, this morning, we're going to be speaking on the subject of Jesus in my joy. That was a little late. That's okay. It's coming. It's coming. All right. John 15, verses 5 through 11. I'm actually going to start at the end and work my way back to the beginning. Verse 11 says, this is Jesus speaking, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Okay, so now you should be asking, what are the things that he's told us? Let's go back and read them. John chapter five, uh, 15, verse 5. This is what he says. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. One more time. This morning we're talking about Jesus in my joy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence in this place, God. Thank you for your promise of joy, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that it goes so far beyond just a feeling or an emotion, Lord God. But God, it reaches deep within us, Lord God. And we pray this morning that the, the well of joy would spring up within us, Lord God. 
We pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a fresh impartation of your Holy Spirit. Father God, we pray that we would experience that deep, renewing sense of joy, knowing that our Father is in charge and that it is Him who gives us that joy. Father, we respond to you this morning, Lord God. We pray that your word would go forth with power, God, and that it would not return void, but God, it would touch each one of our hearts. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, in this sermon series, we have talked about how Jesus helps us in our weaknesses. We've talked about how he works in our doubts. It's a spectacular sermon last week from Pastor Mike. You're going to want to check that one out. It was awesome. We talked about how he operates in the impossible and how he impacts our relationships. But this morning, we want to ask the question and we want to look into the idea of how does the relationship with the risen Christ interact with our joy? Now, based on the passage that we just read that says, I have told you these things, that you will be filled with my joy. I'm going to make a statement today that's going to be our big idea. We're going to come back around to this idea later on in the sermon, but this is what it says. It says, when you abide in Jesus' love and keep his commandments, his joy will fill you to overflowing. When you abide in Jesus' love and keep his commandments, his joy will fill you to overflowing. All right, have a nice day. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that's the big idea. That's the truth. And that's, that is the truth. And I think that's something we can hold on to. I think that's something we can meditate on. It's something that we can spend our time focusing on. And those truths are wonderful. But what does that mean to us practically? You see, I think as Christians, we have a complicated relationship with the concept of joy. Because I think if we're really honest, we would recognize that we don't always feel joy. Right? I, I think that as we walk throughout our days and we live our lives, we recognize that the world we live in is a fallen world. And there are things that are happening in the world. There is darkness. There are sickness. There's, there's all sorts of, of issues and anxieties and, and challenges, health problems and, and, and financial problems and relational issues that happen and it impacts all of us. And the reality is that we don't always feel the joy that we're promised. I think we've heard about this idea of the Nehemiah passage that says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's a great promise. These are truths. But what does this actually look like practically in our lives? I want to spend a few moments just kind of unpacking this idea of, of that question. Um, there's an answer here we have from the Bible Project. I love this quote here. I'm going to read this to you. It should be up on the screen. However, human history is not just a joy fest. The biblical story shows us how we live in a world where there, that has been corrupted by our own selfishness. It's marked by death and loss. And this is where biblical faith offers a unique perspective on joy. It's an attitude God's people adopt, not because of happy circumstances, but because their hope in God's love and promise because of their hope in God's love and in their promise. I mean, again, Jesus' promise to us is this, I have told you these things that you will be filled with my joy, and yes, your joy will overflow. Notice that when he talks here in this passage, whose joy is it that you get? It's his joy. He says, I, you will be filled with my joy. And we, again, we have this promise in Psalm chapter 30, verse 5, for his anger is for a moment, his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. 
Come on, we have these promises from God. But how do we define joy? And how is it different than happiness? I want to read a few more quotes here about this idea of joy. See, because joy often, I think, is an idea that is hard to peg down. It's hard to put in, direct, in a direct idea in, in, in line. It's, it's, it's kind of, in some ways, ambiguous. Uh, uh, but it, it, it's this. C.S. Lewis says it this way. All joy reminds. It never, it's never a possession. Always a desire of something longer ago or further away or still about to be. In other words, this concept of joy, which is so hard to peg down, is, is, is now, but not yet. If we say that the joy that we get comes from Jesus, my joy, then we know this about it, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Jesus is the one who was and is and is to come. Joy is attached to nostalgia. When we remember things from our youth, we remember uh, things that we did as ch children. You know, oftentimes you think about, you know, you have these memories, and you ever get together with a friend, and the first thing you do is just start reminiscing, and then it just turns into laughter. Hey, you remember that time when you laughed so hard that your booger came out your nose and, like, went all the way down your face, and you're just, like, both like, yeah, I remember that, and you start laughing because there's joy in the memory, right? And then joy is in the now. You know, we can have joy today. We can have an attitude of, of thankfulness and gratefulness that helps to produce joy within us as we walk through it our day. God, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for church today. Thank you for Life Church. Thank you for all these wonderful people that are here to seek after Jesus together with me. And then we can have joy knowing that the future is in the hands of God. And we can have joy knowing that there's things that are coming. You know, you ever have like a big trip coming up and that joy of anticipation? I love big trips. And I, I get a little bit obsessive about them, and I have this joy of being able to go onto Google and find all the cool restaurants around where we're going. You know, like there's like this joy that starts to well up on me as I look forward to the future. D.L. Moody, when we talk about this idea of the difference between joy and happiness, I think a lot of times we get mixed up with the idea of joy with the idea of happiness, and it's not the same. D.L. Moody says it this way, happiness is caused by things that happen around me, and circumstances will mar it. But joy flows right on through trouble. Joy flows on through the darkness. Joy flows in the night as well as in the day. Joy flows all through persecution and opposition. And there's another quote I wanted to read for you guys. It's a little bit of a longer one. I'm going to read it slowly because I want you to catch this. It's very poetic and it's very powerful. Joy is the music that plays when our hearts are tuned to the frequency of God's glory and our connection to it. Joy is the heart's settled and worshipful contentment in our justification with God. Joy is the conviction that no matter the sadness of our circumstances or the weakness of our bodies, we are secure in the sovereign God who loves us. Do you see how joy runs deeper than our mere happiness? Happiness depends upon our circumstances. Joy is dependent upon our Savior. Joy is dependent upon our Savior. I have said these things that you may have my joy and that your joy may overflow, says Jesus. I want to build upon these thoughts with three more thoughts or three points about joy. Number one, joy is not simply an attitude or a choice, but a fruit of choosing to trust Jesus. You know, I could have got up here this morning and 
and I probably could have said this. There's a saying that's out there, you know, you choose joy, right? Have you heard that before? Choose joy. And, and I think there's some validity to that statement. I think, honestly, that's a, it's a wonderful statement. I think there's some truth to it. But that's not it alone, right? It's not just choose joy. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, you, know you get up in the morning, and what am I going to do? I'm going to choose joy. Okay, how are you feeling this morning? Awful. I'm going to choose joy. How are you feeling this morning, Matt? You're walking down the steps, you step your toe. Ah! Ah! Joyful! You burn the toast. It's okay, it's a little dark. I kind of like it that way. Joy, right? I mean, that's not joy, that's, that's, that's fake, right? We don't want fake, we want authentic, we want real. That's not true. It's not always the way that it works. You can't always just choose joy and make it happen. It's deeper than that. And I want to show you what I mean by that. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, we have the fruit of the Spirit. Paul writes, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. I love that he says that in there. You can do that as much as you want to. If you're wondering, like, what can I do as a Christian? You know, like, where do I get some freedom here? Do as much of this as you want to. You can love you can OD on love. Go for it. You can overdose on peace. Have, have at it. Go for it. You can do as much joy as you want to. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Now here's the thing about fruit. Where does fruit come from? It comes from a plant, right? It doesn't come just from the grocery store, right? It doesn't just come, you just don't, don't go to the grocery store and go, okay, there's some peaches and some apples and and there's some, you know, grapes and all these other things. You know, the fruit has to come from somewhere else. Fruit comes from the tree. It comes from the plant. It comes from a source. There is a source of the fruit. Okay? And what did we read earlier today in our text? Jesus says this. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So this is how, uh, how joy actually works within our lives, is that Jesus is the vine, and joy is the fruit. You see that? Jesus is the source, and joy is the outcome. Do you see that? He is the vine. And the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, self-control. The fruit comes from the source. That's right. That's right. Come on, Orita. You're with me. The fruit comes from the source. So my idea here is that joy is not simply an attitude or a choice. It's not just like, joy! But it is choosing to trust in Jesus. And the fruit of choosing to trust in Jesus is joy. You see the distinction there? Okay, it's not just our attitude. I'm just going to change my attitude today. I had this saying, I taught my kids, they were born, they came out of the womb, I held them on my arms, I said, Josiah, I love you, attitude is everything. That's what I said. I, and Aubrey, Ashton was born. Ashton, I love you, you're amazing, you're so beautiful, attitude is everything. And then I sang over her, because she's my cutie. 
And then Aubrey's born. And, you know, hey, Aubrey, I love you. You're amazing. Attitude is everything. I had this saying, right? That this idea that you can change your circumstances with your attitude. There's a lot of truth to that. But deeper than that, we don't just have to rely on our attitudes, church. Isn't that awesome? We don't just have to rely on our feelings or our emotions. Because we have something that is stable and solid, and his name is Jesus. And he is the source, and joy is the fruit. Are you with me? Number one. Okay, number two. Joy is the inevitable, ultimate outcome of those who are followers of Christ. It is inevitable. Joy will come in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Jesus, we're told this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Remember, the source is Jesus. The fruit is joy. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he was seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus was able to endure suffering. He was able to go through the excruciating pain of the cross because of the joy that was inevitably before him. That was set before him. And now he is seated at the right hand of God. And remember what I just told you. Our source is Jesus. And the fruit is joy. So as we move towards Jesus, as we turn our hearts towards him, as we set our minds on Christ, and we turn them away from earthly things, and we go, we are heading in that direction. We have a heavenly Father who loves us, who is calling us upwards, heaven-bound in Christ Jesus. Therefore, my joy is assured. Come on, church, do you believe that today? In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. And church, the foundation of what we believe in is that Christ has made a way for us to have access to the presence of God. And in his presence is fullness of joy. Hold on to this truth when you're going through a tough time. Joy is inevitable. Psalm 30 verse 5, For anger is for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. This is the promise of God. We can rely on his promises. Amen? Amen. Okay, number three. The joy that Jesus brings us does not mean ignoring pain and sorrow, but embracing the deeper truth of Jesus' life and love in us. I'm going to read that again. The joy that Jesus brings does not mean ignoring pain and sorrow, but embracing the deeper truth of Jesus' life and love in us. Okay, I just want to be really real with you, okay? There's going to be some tough days. There's going to be some days where you're going to face some stuff. You might be here today facing some stuff. You might be here today not facing some stuff, and life is amazing. Jesus is there in your joy as well. But you might be here today facing some stuff. You might be at home today because you're facing some stuff. And we don't ignore that. It's a reality. The Bible says, um, in this world you will have trials, but have faith because I have overcome the world. It's not just, you know, ignoring it. I'm not going to pay attention. It's not really happening. La, 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 la. Just the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? No, no. It's not just, it's not ignoring 
It's not ignoring it, okay? But it's, a, it's, it's an awareness of the deeper reality and truth that Jesus has put his life inside of us. He's come that we might have life and life abundantly, and, 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 and he has loved us. We are abiding in his love, as we read at the very beginning in John chapter 15. We are learning to abide and rely on his love, and that deeper truth and awareness creates joy within us. Henry Nowen says this, Joy is experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved and that nothing, sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, or even death can take that love away. So powerful. The Bible Project says it so poetically, when you believe that Jesus' love has overcome death itself, joy becomes reasonable in the darkest of circumstances. Amen? There's a reason that we gather every week and we tell the same story. You ever notice that? As a kid, it used to drive me nuts. Why are we still talking about this? Let's talk about aliens or something. Maybe one day we will. You know, I, I don't know, but anyways, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I'd be like, you, you know why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as human beings, we are prone to wander away from our faith. We are prone to wander away from the standard that God has set. We are prone to wander away from the truth of his gospel. And so we need to hear the gospel declared over us daily, if not weekly. That's why we come together. That's why we gather. Well, because Christ has called us to, but also because we need to be reminded of the truth of what Jesus has done. 2 Corinthians 6.10 Our hearts ache but we always have joy. There's a paradox. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. I love that passage. In Acts chapter 15, we have a story about this. There's um, Paul and Barnabas are ministering, and it says that the Jews stirred up the influ influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Joy is not dependent upon our circumstances. It's not dependent upon whether we feel happy or not. It's not dependent upon whether things are going super great or whether they're not going super great. Joy is available to you in no matter what circumstance you may find yourself today because the source of that joy is Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. So those three points again. Joy is not simply an attitude or a choice, but a fruit of choosing to trust Jesus. Number two, joy is the inevitable ultimate outcome of those who are followers of Christ. And number three, the joy that Jesus brings us does not mean ignoring pain and sorrow, but embracing the deeper truth of Jesus' life and love in us. Amen? So, that's great. That's what it is. How do we experience this? I guess the real question that we asked at the very beginning is, what does it mean to have the resurrected Christ living in me, and how does the truth of that impact my joy? 
And we answered that question at the beginning, but I'm going to come back around it now because now we've got some context and we've got some meat behind that to understand it. When you abide in Jesus' love and keep his commandments, his joy will fill you to overflowing. Remain in me, he says. So what is the secret? The secret is this. Don't pursue joy. Instead, pursue Jesus. Don't pursue joy. Instead, pursue Jesus. See, we live in a world today that tells you that you can find joy in whatever you have. That if you get enough things, you're going to be joyful. And people spend their lifetime searching for this, this, this uh, um, hard to find, hard to grab a hold of uh, a sense of this, this, this abstract idea of joy. And they try to find it in their new cars. And they try to find it in their homes. They try to find it in all the other things that the world has to offer. They try to find it in, in experiences. They try to find it on Instagram. They try to find it through sex. They try to find it through alcohol. They try to find it through all the different things that the world offers. But true joy is only found in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that one of the outcomes of an encounter with Jesus is joy? Um, I just want to read one more story to you here from, from the book of, I think it's from the book of Luke. Yeah, Luke chapter 1, verse 42. It's a story of the first encounter that anybody had had with Jesus that is recorded. And it was actually when he was still in Mary's womb. And the Bible tells us that Mary went to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. And when she saw Elizabeth, Elizabeth responded and said she gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Come on, an encounter with Jesus will lead to joy. So, Let's encounter him, and let's go after him. I want to give you a practical way you can do that today, and a challenge for this week. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. One of the ways that I've been able to experience this in my daily life um, more recently has been that I have made a practice in my life of inviting Jesus into my day. And this is what this looks like, church. This is really practical. I am blessed to have about a 25-minute drive every morning into the office here in White Rock. And so often I'll drop off the kids and I'll get in my car. And what I'll do is I'll intentionally turn off the music and I'll turn everything off. And I'll just sit there and focus for a few moments on my day. And as I'm doing that, I'm just going to breathe in and breathe out. And I'm thinking about my day. And I'll work through it in my mind. And then what I do is I'll think about it and I go, okay, today I've got a meeting with that scary guy, Pastor Mike, in the morning. We've got to talk about X, Y, and Z. And then I'll, right there in that moment, I'll say, Jesus, come into that meeting. I invite you into that meeting. And then I'll, okay, what's next? Okay, I've got, I got a study today. I got a sermon I got to prep for Sunday. Okay, Jesus, come into that study time. I invite you in. Jesus, come. And then guess what? When I get into those moments and I'm in, in those meetings or I'm in that, that study time and I'm getting distracted or whatever might be happening in me, I have this reminder in my mind that, no, 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 Jesus is here with me. He goes before me. 
I've got this tough phone call I've got to make today. I, I have this person I'm meeting for coffee, and they're going through a really tough time. Jesus, come and be a part of that. I invite you in. And I just invite him into every moment of my day. Church, I want to challenge you to do that. Can we do that? Can we try that? This week, when you start your day, start by thinking about it, meditating on it, and inviting Jesus into every moment. I mean, he's already there. But it's a trick. It's, it's a way that you can turn your heart towards him and remind yourself of the reality that he's there. Jesus in my everything. Jesus in my joy. Amen. Amen. Well, Tan, would you mind just coming and jumping on the keys here for a second? You can respond to this message today. You know, one of the things that I mentioned at the very beginning, at the top, top is that um, when you abide in Jesus' love and keep his commandments, his joy will fill you with overflowing. That statement has the potential to have some guilt and shame attached to it. If you feel that you have not been doing a good job of keeping his commandments. If that's you today, I, I want to remind you of one of the promises that's given about Jesus at the very beginning of his coming. When the angels came and they announced his, his arrival to the shepherds, he, they said this, I bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. When, hey, a, a great news, a great joy to those that are really great at keeping his commandments. Great news, a great joy for all those that show up to church every Sunday morning. Great news, a great joy that are for those that, that, that pray at least two times a day. No. The great joy is for all people. See, that's the hope that we have. It's not in ourselves. It's in a, a, a God and a Savior who loves you and has called you and is calling to you even now. And this morning, as we're in this atmosphere of faith, there's freedom here. And if you are carrying a weight of guilt and a weight of shame in your heart, I want to pray for you today. And I want to believe God for freedom in your heart, that you would come to recognize the Savior who is here to set you free he is the source of joy. So I'd like to invite everybody to stand right now with me. Everybody stand. And if your heart has been weighted down, even as you heard that promise, you said there was something in you that said that's not for you. That's a lie from the enemy. And the Bible says it's for all people. And so if today you're here and you're feeling that weight on your heart and you feel it's been keeping you back from the joy that he has promised I'm going to ask everybody just to close their eyes for just a moment and by faith wherever you are if that's you just lift up your hands right now lift up your hands right now church come on by faith by faith by faith hallelujah 
If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now, Lord God, for those that have raised their hands, Lord God, and recognize this need of you today, Lord Jesus. And Father God, your word says that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us, Lord God. And so this morning, we draw near to you, and we pray that you would come with your Holy Spirit, and you would do a deep work in each heart. Father God, we pray against the lies of guilt and shame, Lord God. And we thank you today, Lord God, that you have made us new in Christ Jesus. We are a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. And you have reconciled us to yourself, Lord God. And you've given us a ministry of reconciliation. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that the lies that have tried to come and bring hopelessness and despair, Lord God, would be broken off right now. And I pray that the truth of your life, the truth of your word, that the Holy Spirit would come as a seal of your promise. Holy Spirit, come and touch each heart. Touch each mind today, Lord Jesus. And fill us, Lord God, with a renewed sense of your joy. That deep abiding joy that is not dependent on our circumstances and not dependent on how we feel and not dependent on the things around us, Lord God, but it is completely dependent on our Lord and Savior who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and His name is Jesus. We thank You for that now. We thank You for that today, and we pray that we would leave this place today with the promise of joy in our hearts. We ask these things now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. That's why I trust Him. That's why I trust Him. I saw the Lord and he heard and he answered I saw the Lord and he heard and he answered I saw the Lord and he heard and he answered that's why I trust him that's why I trust him I saw the Lord and he heard and he
that you will not leave your righteous forsaken. Lord God, you are here. You are with us. You never leave us. And your presence goes before us. And we thank you for the promise of your joy in every circumstance this morning. You will answer as we seek after you. Thank you, Jesus, so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.